there, it's Tracy Tully and you're listening to Tracy Tully Talks at bbsradio.com, the place to be right now, streaming live with another 60 minutes of thought-provoking topics, sharing with you conversations that are relevant today, tomorrow and in the future. Join me each week on Thursday mornings at 10am Australian time, AEST, 5pm Wednesday PT, hello Los Angeles. If you missed the live show, jump onto your favourite podcasting platform and you'll find me on Tracy Tully Talks. We do have some adult language, so if you have some little ones around, pop on your earphones. And welcome here today. Um, My name's Caroline Bellinger and I'll be standing in for Tracy, who unfortunately couldn't make it today. Um, I'm a athlete, author, founder of Be The Impossible Courses and speaker. And I'm passionate about mental health um, and child sex abuse uh, healing from that trauma. And I'm just absolutely passionate about everyone having wonderful lives. And that's why I'm excited to introduce today the amazing powerhouse Sally Galvin. And I'm going to be interviewing Sally. Sally is the owner of Jaredale Equestrian Centre in Western Australia. She's the creator of the Mindfulness Programs for Children. She's co-author of a book that we did together, Empowering Women, Empowering the World. She's a supporter of Project Blue Tree, which is a project where she's painted this massive blue gum tree on her property and it's to support um, mental health awareness. But Sally's journey hasn't always been easy. She um, sadly lost her father when she was young, which is, you know, something that people have to face. But she's gone on to be Australia's youngest polo cross representative and the best Western Australian polo cross player in 2017. Also, she competed at the Australian National Polo Cross Championships in 2018 with her amazing three sisters, a first in Australia. She also runs her equestrian centre now while being the mum to four incredibly energetic young boys and is passionate, speaks um, publicly and in the community about mental health as well and obviously her programs for children. So I'm going to introduce Sally now. Welcome, Sally. Oh, thank you, Caroline. Thank you very much for having me on the show this morning. I'm delighted to be here. Excellent. So what I'd like for you to share with us is who is Sally Galvin? Who's Mm. the Sally Galvin behind the business? Who is Sally Galvin? Well, That was a pretty amazing intro. I was blushing here in the background listening to it, Caroline. (laughs) Sally Galvin is, I am what I like to call is a self-aware parent. That's my my favourite go-to in, um, I take my parenting so very, very seriously because, well, my story, which you've just uh, it really everything really stems from your, from my story. Why I'm so passionate about um, mind fitness and helping create grounded, resilient, well-adjusted children, my own children, but 
um, you know, children bigger than that even, you know, like other people's children in through parenting courses and through my um, the Mind Fit Kids Academy, which is my online um, program for children. The reason, so so you you bopped it in a nutshell there. But when I was a little girl, we grew up here in Perth, WA. So like I live in just south of Perth in Jarrodale, <clears throat> where I have the equestrian centre, and the, I run. I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur, a mumpreneur. So I have a few businesses, but the main one is Jarrodale Equestrian, and. Um, but when I was a little girl, we grew up in the Wheatbelt, which was just about two hours east of here. And I grew up in the perfect, idyllic um, country lifestyle. So I was a little girl of eight with my dad and my mum and my three little sisters. And we grew up on a sheep and wheat farm in uh, just in the Wheatbelt. And there wasn't a lot of money. Interest rates were really high. So I remember eating a lot of kangaroo and rabbit and mutton, you know, like there wasn't, yeah. So some of our non-Australian uh, yeah. viewers today, listeners might like find that a bit odd that you would actually eat a kangaroo, but yes, kangaroo. We <laughs> Yes, we actually do when you live in the bush. That's one of the things, especially when all the money you know, the stuff that was making money, which are the lambs, they don't get eaten by, you know. So anyway, I've actually never said that one before on in an interview, but anyway, you never know what's going to come out here. So we, uh, I grew up there with my mum and dad and my three little sisters, and we really had a pretty amazing lifestyle. I used to follow dad around in the tractor, on the harvester, in the, sh- in the ute. I used to fall asleep in the, I would rather be where dad was. I was like dad's little girl than be inside with, um, you know, with the mum and the kids, I would, I was really dad's little shadow. I would go wherever he would. And for a little eight-year-old girl, life was awesome until it wasn't. When dad took his life, the pressure of high interest rates and farming and, you know, it, suicide, he took his life and he, he committed suicide. I Suicide is always unexpected. And for a little eight-year-old country girl, it was world-shattering. Yeah, and and uh, you wouldn't, you know, there's not a lot you understand when you're little. No. Did, did, was it spoken about much back then? No. See, that's the thing. Definitely not. In fact, I really only found out that he'd taken his life when I was a teenager. So it was to protect me. And everybody, see, as a parent, this is what I teach in my parenting courses, everybody teaches or everybody does the very best job they can with what they know at the time. And so mum did her very best. Yeah, you know, like that is you can't blame your parents for, for doing what you think now is the wrong thing. You can't blame them. They they weren't uh, trying to make, a, you know, stuff up as a parent. And, like, our kids are going to do the same for us. Like, just understand, I th- you know, when you've had your own children, you really look back at parenting quite from a different perspective, don't you? You look back at your mum and dad at a, in a very different perspective. But mum did the very best she could with what she knew and she thought it was better to shield us from it. And so we were told lies. And when we found out, I was really, that was just another kick in the teeth, to be honest. But um, so, yeah. Uh, like mental health awareness with that Blue Tree Project and, you know, the Black Dog Institute and 
you know, you could rattle off a whole heap of organisations, non-for-profit organisations that help with um, mental health and suicide prevention. It's definitely all about the awareness and that is a big step towards healing or, or, or fixing this problem that we have, this pan, this this problem that we have with the rising rates in suicide, particularly around the pandemic that we're in right now as well. The statistics coming out of, you know, and, and we'll follow on from the recent pandemic and lockdowns and everything like that, yeah, is frightening. Um, it, it, it is. It is frightening. Yeah, you're correct. We are at least, you know, talking about it a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we are. The awareness is there where it wasn't when I was eight. So, Mum, the amazing, phenomenal, resilient, passionate, strong-minded woman that she is, picked us girls up and put one foot in front of the other and did a phenomenal job of parenting. And the most powerful way to parent, I truly believe, and I teach it in my programs, is to lead by example. So mum led by example on how to pick yourself back up, grieve and mourn, then pick yourself back up and get it done. So I'm truly blessed. My sisters and I are truly, truly blessed to be the four daughters of of our mother because, uh, well, she did a pretty phenomenal job. All four of her girls have gone on to represent Australia in our chosen sport of polo cross. How did that that feel all being on a team together, in a national team? It was a bit surreal, to be honest. It was next level, Caroline. um, We're all quite headstrong, as you could probably imagine, and and we're all very good at what we do because one of the things mum's always taught us is always do your best, okay? And so whatever it is, whether it's making the bed, whether it's, you know, tidying the house, whether it's cooking the dinner, whether it's playing for Australia, whether it's starting a business, just always do your very best. And um, and so I can't say it ran really smoothly the whole time. I reckon there was a little, you know, like there's different opinions of what's, you know, but I think we are all... Um, you know, adult enough to rise above our differences and work it out. But, yeah, we played. We played quite well. We played very well. We didn't end up where we wanted to end up. We didn't win the cup, which we'd always planned to do. But um, it was next level phenomenal um, playing with your three sisters for your state. It was a state, it was a state, uh, a national event, not a international event. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. Um, and lots of us have played together, you know, two and two in different um, national and international events. Uh, two of my sisters have played for Australia together uh, against a New Zealand test. But, yeah, there's um, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So mum did this phenomenal job of picking us up and, um, and leading by example. And then suicide actually raised its head again, Caroline. I haven't. I don't speak about this very often. Um, the main thing is around when my father took his life. But when I was twenty-one, I the boy, my boyfriend at the time, he was twenty-two actually. I was twenty-one. He took his life. So suicide raised its ugly head again in my life, and he committed suicide, and that blew me apart again. So he, at the time, as this twenty-one-year-old girl, I 
was he'd been my boyfriend for two years and I was thinking that that was the man I was going to spend the rest of my life with. That's what you do when you're 21 and you're with the long, in a long-term relationship. And when he took his life, it just brought back so much hurt and so much undealt um, with issues around dad's suicide. So mum was gutted. It just brought it all back again. And somebody said to me, so, so I took off travelling, actually. That's my story, yeah? So I took off. I'm like, oh, I, I left again. I went travelling again and I was not looking for any sort of relationship. And, I, you know, when you're not looking, then you sometimes you're fine. Yeah. And I stumbled across the most wonderful man in Ireland and he is now my husband I'm, and the father of my four children, our four children. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I'm truly blessed. I'm truly blessed. What what do you think, like having, you know, had to go through that as a young child, not being told, find out when you were a teenager, which then, you know, the trauma comes back again and probably worse, then to experience that like almost like a third time really mm. in that process, what do you think was your biggest learning takeaway for yourself throughout that? Good one. So the biggest learning from that that I have learned, and if I was to go back and talk to my eight-year-old self, this is what I would tell her. I would tell her not to hold on to any guilt for it, not to take any responsibility for other people's actions because I am fully responsible for my thoughts, my actions, and what I do in myself but I am not one little bit responsible for what other people do think and their actions. Yeah. So because as a little eight-year-old girl running through my mind um, was definitely, oh, my gosh, I should have, was I not a good enough girl? Was I, could I not have made Dad happier? Why would Dad have left us? Maybe it was me and I took the blame. And then again when my I was 21, I was really blessed to actually be introduced to a healer and they grabbed that and they took, they, we worked through that really quickly. And that is where it really revealed that, you know, we are only responsible for, for our own actions, thoughts, actions, our own self. We are not responsible for other people and everybody's on their own path. So I don't know if anybody really ever will understand suicide. I myself have never been in that dark place, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't preach to understand it, but I do. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I probably come from that side where I've attempted suicide. So I do get that side of it. And, you know, and that's the irony of life or the conundrum. You've got the people who, you know, are thinking about suicide who think that everyone else will be better off without them everyone else is wondering why they went because they're not better off without them you know and it's this and like you said it's you know and mental health when people are in a state of mental health you know your thoughts aren't necessarily logical and I guess you know for me and I know for you with your programs it's getting in early enough to teach people how to manage those thought processes so that mental health can be managed. Mental health doesn't necessarily always go away, but, you know, sometimes we manage it and that, you know, that's the diff- that can be the difference between someone getting help or taking, you know, other more drastic sort of like options in their life, you know, yeah, like, 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 
So with that, like... You're right on there, at Caroline. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so tell me a little bit about your programs and why you're doing it for children. Mm, cool. So somebody said to me, and you know how, I don't even know who it was, but it, you know when some things just stick, and, and, I, and I say it all the time now, is it's easier to, it is easier to grow a strong, fit, healthy child in body and soul and mind than it is to fix a broken man. And my um, my programs, and that's so that's why I have been inspired to make a difference in the you know with children and parenting of children and children programs as well because they come as one. Just to do the children would be. Um, you know, it wouldn't be as beneficial as if you were to educate the parents as well, do the, do both of it. So um, so I created, well, I had uh, Jared Al Mind Fitness, which is was an in-house program that I was running here in my um, studio on the farm. And then another one of COVID's blessings is that our doors were shut for uh, when COVID hit at the beginning of 2019. 20, 2020. Oh, yeah, God, we're in 21 now. That's right. Jesus. So, oh, yeah, God, goodness yeah, It feels time. like 2019. Yeah. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the doors shut and I thought, you know, I need to get this message. These are prog- like these programs, the essence of these programs is Creating grounded, resilient, well-adjusted children. So understanding is more than mindfulness and it's more than meditation and it's all of those things and it's more than just a positive mental attitude and it's more than just, you know, practising gratitude or, you know, what people call the universal law of attraction. It is all those things plus a lot more backed by neuroscience in the study that I've done and I have written stories for children, 37 of them actually, and I did it all when we were locked up in on, you know, I am so blessed because during COVID lockdown I was locked on our slice of paradise here and I wrote these stories. Then I recorded them and each story, because the power of story, children learn through stories, the power of story is so, is so powerful that um it helps our children. So, like, the first, there's, there's a, a list of five books. They're all going to be published into books as well, but right now they're in programs. Um, and we talk about mind mastery is the first one. And it is understanding the way our mind works and how we can use that to reach our full potential. So, like, I'm going to just jump into some real nitty-gritty stuff because it's pretty amazing. So the first one is about how your mind shapes your world. So you, yeah, how your belief systems is formed. So a lot of children, like I think about if I had known these things, a couple of these tools when I was a kid, I would have been able to navigate those misty years of adolescence, my dad's suicide, my partner's suicide, so much better. So life, shit happens. You know, like life is not fair. Life is not fair. Shit happens. And if we can control if we can be armed with the tools to control the way we respond like if we can be armed with those tools and have them in deep rooted in our 
makeup as a young child, we would have what I call mind-fit children, which will grow up to be mind-fit adults, which will parent their children to be mind-fit children. And the ripple effect, the ripple effect, Caroline, blows my mind and rocks my world. And that is what lights me up every single day. It absolutely lights me up every single day. I know, and I look at that and I think, you know, we put so much emphasis in children in their education and, so you know, which we should, but then we get stuck in the English, the maths, and we just don't teach kids how to live or how to cope with life, you know, at a, at a schooling level. It's, I think it's getting better. I know I've got a, a friend who's a primary school teacher, preps, and she actually does meditation with her little kids every morning. So it's fabulous to see that stuff being implemented. And, mm. you know, would you say like, you know, I know raising my child, I tried to, I was very aware that he, they're like little sponges. Mm. So if you give them the right stuff, mm-hmm. um, they will learn. But a lot of people, a lot of parents I speak to, and I'm not sure if you find this, feel that children aren't ready to hear stuff. So therefore they, yeah, try and, in their way, they're trying to protect them, but they're actually in many ways making them more vulnerable to risk by not having that knowledge and that information. Absolutely. Do you find that when you're talking to parents? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And a lot of um, the stuff within my program, for example, is, is stuff that a lot of parents don't even know to teach. So an example would be, you know, neural path. Do you know everybody's talking about the anxious child at the moment, yes, anxiety, yeah. and my child suffers from anxiety. I think it's a prescribed problem now. You know, like you know, as as it happens in the medical world, it's a diagnosable issue now. So if you've got a, a child that suffers from anxiety, now I, I'm not dismissing that, not one single bit. Every single one of us has anxious thoughts. It's our flight and fight mechanism it's what keeps us um alive and one of the powerful tools and I'm going to give it to you guys now for free obviously like give it to you guys is is one of the powerful tools to overcome anxiety there is a tool that you can use and it uses neural pathways so a lot of parents and these sort of things most parents I speak to don't even know about they think anxiety is something in a box over there but anxiety is a normal thing that we all use every single day and if you were to use some tools like a visualization tool and it's not woo-woo visualization it is hardcore stuff that we use every single day elite sports people use it all the time these are things that I've learned when I was spent quite a lot of time at the Australian Institute of Sport on my travel to be the best in the world in my chosen sport uh, and and being an elite sportswoman Neural neural pathways, creating neural pathways through visualisation helps reduce nervousness or anxiety because it tricks your mind. Your mind doesn't know whether you've actually done something or whether you've thought about doing something over and over and over and over again. And so that's just one of the stories in the 37. And it's all at a 6 to 12-year-old's level. It's all down in a story um, about... Um, you know, children about six to 12 years old learning how to use neural pathways to overcome anxiety. So that's just one of them. Now, I have spoken about this a bit 
And I always speak, I've got, I've got a huge circle of, um, of mothers and fathers, parents in, and even the most self-aware parent, which a self-aware parent is somebody that's really aware of the way they're parenting and always looking at themselves, am I doing the best I can? Am I doing the best by my child? I speak to a lot of self-aware parents and uh, honestly, 80% of them don't even know about visualisation. They don't even know about neural pathways. These are these are things that have been proven by neuroscience. They're not just made up. No, they, I, you know, I talk about my how I suffer from anxiety, you yeah. know, same, like before I do an event or something like that, my physical anxiety will come up naturally. Yeah. But now I've learned to then visualise outcomes of previous good events and then it redu- and then reduces it as well. So your so mind you- goes, your mind tells your body, oh, yes. actually, Caroline, it's okay. You've done this before. You've got this. You didn't die. Yes. You got no. this. And then your physical body just yeah. comes and back to as close, comes back to normal. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah. So with, um, you know, like one thing I found as a parent um, <laughs> when I first, you know, there's no manual, well, there's no set manual and every situation's different. However, what I did find was at the time there were so many books on how to be the best parent. It was like almost overwhelming. I, I think I did latch onto one which was like um, Buddhism for mothers. I think I, I liked that one because there was a lot of letting go in that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> How in that you know in that field, what makes your program so unique? Mm, good one. Makes my program so unique. So a book I'm just about to release now is called Parenting a Mind Fit Kid. And it is seven simple tools that so I started with. It's they're generic because every child is different, every parent is different, every parenting style is different, and every situation is different. So you can't just box it. You can definitely not box it. And I know for me, I've got four boys. Yes. I might use one on one child and it won't work on the other because their personalities are just like so different. And and it also depends on where I'm at in my own self too because the way I parented five years ago is quite different to the way I parent now. So I, I think that there is no manual because there can never be one. I think that it's a continuum and we evolve and we grow as long as we're on the path to do the best that we can and not on the negative spiral of it. So there's so one of the things in the course teaches children how to flip their power. So you've got you're always moving. You're either moving on the positive trajectory or you're moving on the negative trajectory. You're never the same, okay? And if you can be self-aware as a mind fit kid or self-aware as a self-aware parent to understand when you are just being revolting you know, your mindset stinks and you hate the dog and you hate the mother and you hate the husband and you hate the life, when you can just grab that and stop and then flip it 
in whatever it is that you need to. And I know you do this daily. Yeah. I know I do this daily. Yeah. Because we're all human, yeah? We're all yes. human. And we're not perfect, not one single bit. Oh, my gosh, not one single bit. But if you can be self-aware enough to grab that and flip it and pop yourself back on that positive trajectory, then you're a long way to becoming a the best you that you can be every day. And the best you every day becomes a phenomenal you every year and becomes bigger that you just don't even know how far you can come when you've got the power and the self-awareness to flip it when you know you're on the negative spiral. Yeah, and I think you're on your way to be. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, like like you're saying, like to be able to teach children at a young age to be self-aware mm. is so important. And it mm. ma- and it makes your life as a parent easier. Because if Absolutely. they can commit because you know we all know kids can be moody, especially Absolutely. when they're teenage years. but you know the more aware they are the more they can communicate to you what's going on in their world or communicate to you to leave them alone you know and that's something as a parent I've had to learn is that sometimes Mm. they just need to work it out themselves and I don't need to give them the solution because I've given them all the guidance to get the solution themselves and we always learn better when we figure it out ourselves, don't we? So yes. that's one of the things in the book, don't overparent is one of the things. In today's society, a lot of people overparent and I have been, pardon? The helicopter parent. Oh. <laughs> and I have, I'm guilty of it. I am as guilty as the next person of overparenting. But if it's safe and secure, let them fall over and dust their knees. Let them make mistakes. Because mistake, and as long as they understand that mistakes are okay, they help us learn. Mistakes, if you make a mistake, you're not a bad person. You're just a person that made a mistake. And as soon as you take, as soon as you open that up and make that a bit freer, it's much yeah. easier. And if you want to succeed in life, you need to make some mistakes because the faster you run, the more bugs you hit. And, oh, my God, I've made some mistakes in my life, do you know, like in business, in life, in health, in social issues in loads of stuff I am the biggest mistake maker ever and I think when you look at those people in your life like in business for me example if you look at somebody like the Richard Bransons of the world or the Oprah Winfrey's of the world the reason that they're there is because they've made more mistakes than than we have so mistakes are okay I think that's one of the real that's one of the pillars of um of um, the MindFit Kids Academy. It's, um... and, and with that, just on your own journey as an entrepreneur, you know, and you, you've done lots of things, what would you say was the biggest challenge in your journey as an entrepreneur? Well, oh, there's been so many, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's going to be so many more because it's a journey, like you said. I've not arrived, even though I'm in a much better place now than I was just a few short years ago. Financially, business-wise, stability. Um, my biggest was the guilt, the parenting guilt. That was my number one. That was my number one personal development area that I needed to work on because in my mind, somewhere along the line, I thought that if you worked too hard in your business, you were not a good mum. You couldn't be a good mum and bring up grounded, resilient, well-adjusted children 
and be a passionate businesswoman making a difference, a positive difference in the world, getting the Mind Fit Kids Academy to the world. So, like, I was, like, helping all these other children and, and mine was suffering. This was this whole juxtaposition. Yep, that was it. The whole guilt thing going on because, like, nutrition's important to me. Health and fitness is important to me. My children are, you know, avid football players. They are very good at their sports, surprise, surprise. And um, they are <laughs> always. I wonder where they got that from. <laughs> <laughs> they are very, very good at their sports and they've got, they're armed, they're, they're all very, you know, they aren't all the time, but they are all quite very um, resilient in the mind in, on the sports field. So with that, how, what, because I know, like, that's a huge one, mother guilt. Um, yeah. So what tips or guidance would you give to other mothers who might be listening today on how to overcome that guilt or how to deal with when you're feeling like that? So it was taught to me by my business mentor that you, and it's a good one, it works perfectly. It's not about the quantity of time you spend with your children. It is about the quality. So be present when you are with them. Don't be on your phone. Don't be thinking about your next meeting. Don't be thinking about we're going to get that bank manager on board. When you are with your children, you are with your children. Get down to their level and be present with them for whatever you think is the right amount of time every day, fortnight, week, two days, whatever it is right for you because everybody's different. But get rid of that guilt by having quality time because children equate time being present to love. So if you... I know plenty and I see it every day at the football on the side of the footy. So on the weekends now I'm blessed enough to most of the time be with my children because I've worked because I've been because I've set businesses up to run without me all the time now. So that hasn't been always the way, okay? I've missed plenty of football games. But now at football I see so many mums not really doing children. Like, or, or how often do you see you know, everybody's sitting down and mum's on the phone. Well, well, yeah. Do you know you what? Know? You only have to go to a yeah. playground. Yep. And, yep, every parent's sitting around just about like this. Totally. Yep. Totally. Absolutely. And, you know, that's okay in that, but just be really aware that when you are with your children, you are with your children. You're mm-hmm. in that space, in that room being present. So we have device-free times and device-free areas within our house. And I know starting businesses requires, and everything runs through your phone now. Everything runs through your phone. So I'm answering emails, I'm, you know, and I had to stop it because I would be cooking dinner and half doing emails or the kids would be talking about their schoolwork and I'm like checking dashboards on my phone. And so I had to get really strict and structured with that. My my time with my children, I just need to schedule it in and I need to be present. And then when you do that, you don't feel as guilty taking time away from your kids to do business. But you need to explain it to them as well. So it's easier to explain it to my 15 and 13-year-old and my 7 and 9-year-old Um. You know, it was harder to explain it to them too because 
well, they just wanted mum all the time. And I said, darling, mum needs to, uh, mum needs to, mum has actually got some work that she really needs to do. And the reason I do it, darling, is because we go away on, so we can go away on holidays and so we can go and play our polo cross in our big truck and so we can have these horses here and so you can, we can go and do motorbike weekends away. And when it's explained to them on the kids' term, they get it. The kids get it. Mm. Yeah, and I think, that again, that goes back to what we were saying, like kids understand more than we give them credit for often. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously you're busy a lot and you do a lot of things and everything like that. What does Sally Galvin do for downtime? Yeah. So I have been spending quite a lot of downtime just lately. We've had a, a death in the family and um, not yeah, within cousins. And I've really learned the importance of self-care. Yep. Um, and I used to get the guilt thing as well. You've got it as a mother does. Often you put your children and your husband and, in fact, the whole world before yeah. your business <laughs> all before you and you know I've got some business mentors and some coaches in my life and I I watch people you know that I aspire to be like and every single one of them says make sure you do self-care whatever it is for you and you know I'm a sportswoman and if my coach tells me to do ABC I go and do ABC so I radio okay self-care what do I do? And thank gosh they did because I have not been one of those entrepreneurs that's hit a wall and got sick. I just haven't because I've made sure I have good nutrition. I do love going to the gym. I do I do two weights days a, a week with all my girlfriends, my sisters and my girlfriends, and sometimes we chat more than we do weights. But you know. Oh, that's my gym. That's my whole philosophy around <laughs> going at the gym. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> and we have a coffee afterwards. I love Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. And <laughs> I do a yoga class every week, which I love. I've fallen in love with, with yoga because a strong, fit, flexible mind, and I love strong, fit, flexible bodies. I just love um, the look of men and women. That So that's the body I would like and will. Yeah. I aspire to have. So yoga is one of my things. I meditate every day. I also do a remedial massage about once a fortnight. Yes. Which I sometimes once a month, which I really love. I really love it. I've just got back into the habit myself of like making yeah. that a regular thing. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And I, even though I cry sometimes when she's going, yeah. <laughs> I leave it going. Oh my god, I got to do this more. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it, it is a big one. You know, that was a big learning thing for me around self care. Because saying putting everyone else first, thinking that that was the right, you know, that was the best thing. But understanding that concept that the more I look after myself, the better I am as a mother, the better I am as an entrepreneur, the better I am as a partner, the better I am as a daughter. So, you know, and I often will giggle and say to people and say, like, it is in your interest if I go and have a massage. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> We're all absolutely. going to benefit from it. 
Yep. I think this is my husband delivering me a coffee. Oh. Look at this. Look at Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everyone out there would like to know how does that how do you make that happen Sal? I don't know I'm just blessed I'm truly truly blessed Caroline oh my god that's so lovely our coffee machine's broken our coffee oh. machine here in the house is broken here in the office is broken yeah. and I haven't replaced it because I drink too much coffee yeah, that's why I don't have one anymore at home. Oh, I actually I bought a new one. What am I saying? But yeah. so we paid. We spend ten dollars a day on a coffee each on the way home from our children collecting, dropping kids to school because one coffee at five dollars is much better for my health than um, seven coffees at a dollar. So yep. anyhow, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. But. No, oh, I coffee. Oh, I think coffee makes the world go round. Um, okay. So, what would you say, like? What's your greatest accomplishment in business? And then we'll go personal. So first, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment in business? So I am a serial mumpreneur, entrepreneur. I have Jaredal Equestrian, which is my original business, and that's gone from a broken small sort of with some coaching to something really big and and profitable the mind fit kids academy the jared on mind fitness only started two years ago and it's now stacked up on i'm just trying i'm just going through the best things in each of them and then i'll um and it has gone to a international like a global program that people are buying in the UK and in America and in Australia, obviously. I run, um, we have a bespoke Corabindal Labradors, which is a, I'm a Labrador breeder as well. We do um, dogs, which is pretty amazing. I have my personal brand, which is Sally Galvin, and I'm a paid speaker now and author. And I have a Jared Our Body, which is a yoga and meditation studio. And I often feel like I'm spinning plates. Like in the lead up, I am like, oh, this plate spinning. My biggest accomplishment in business is being understanding, is, is understanding how people work, getting good at people. Yep. And putting the right people in the right seats of the bus, this is what I've learned, to run and make each one of those individual businesses independently thrive. So I am not doing everything. Yes. I think that's my biggest accomplishment. Yep, awesome. Is that is yeah, that, that, that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important because, you know, and a part of that is like stepping away from the ego that you don't have to be involved in everything because I think a lot of people in business and a lot of women, um, you know, still hold on to that the business won't run without them properly and that other people can't do the job. And do you know what? There are going to be times when people will never do it like you would like it done, but sometimes you've got to let go of that to go, but it will get done, that will be done well, but I get to do all this other stuff if I let go of that perfectionism or that control. And that's huge. Yes. Yeah, that is huge. It is. There's a um, so I also for self care and self help. I listen to audio books okay. all the time. Other people's stories, 
you know, I listened to the Richard Bransons and the Oprah Winfrey's and the Steve Jobs and the Elon Musk's of the world. I'm constantly listening to stories. And that's something that was also as well, let go. Just let go and um, don't feel like I was being the bottleneck of a lot of my my businesses. And do you know what? I have got some staff members that are doing a much better job than I could do. Yes. Oh, that's the other one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. They are doing a much better job than I could do because, well, if I am, and my businessman, like Aaron's told me before, if you are up in the top of the boat, up in the crow's nest of the boat, you know, like, you know, on the ships and the pirate ships, right, if you're up there and you are making sure you are navigating the whole lot below you so that you don't hit the rocks, so that you navigate the best way you can, that is where you should be. Yes. If you were down on the deck working in the inking of the business, and I like when a business first starts up, you definitely need to be in that because, well, you don't have any money in the in the bucket to to pay people to do it, and you need to understand the way it works anyway. Yeah, it's a good way to understand your business. Yeah, but once you've built it out of startup, you then need to get back up in the crow's nest so that you can make sure that you're not all heading for an iceberg and you sink like the Titanic. Yep, yep, cool. <laughs> I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And what about Sally Galvin on a personal level? What would you like? Yeah, go on. No, you keep going. Proudest accomplishment as a person. And I mean, you're amazing. So I, I, I could, I could list a hundred. So I know you're going to have trouble choosing. <laughs> you know, Caroline. You know, my biggest accomplishment on a personal level. Is my relationship with myself. Yep. Mm. That is my biggest accomplishment because there's been lots of years but I've really not liked myself very much. And if you don't like yourself very much, your other relationships don't work on a personal level. No. They just don't. Um, because, yeah, my relationship with myself has been because if you... And the reason I've stepped outside of my comfort zone and got cracking and working on myself to be the best me that I can be all the time, not all the time, I, like a, I'm only human, yeah. <laughs> is, because, is because I'm wanting to lead by example for my children. So my dad took his life, my partner took his life, so many people all around the in the in the Western world, in Australia now, like in the rest of the world, but in Australia, stuff doesn't really happen like that. But suicide is happening here in Australia, and I have four boys. They're the highest risk for suicide, and I don't want any of my children. Or like, who would? And no. so that is why I'm so proactive. And the most powerful way of parenting is lead by example. So if I can learn how to love myself, then my children will follow suit. They will learn how to love themselves. And if you love yourself enough, if you arm with those tools, like I said, within my programs, backbone neuroscience, if you arm with those tools, then you've got the best shot of getting through, you know, yeah, navigate correct. your way through life. Yeah. Mm. And that's it, you know, and I get that a lot, you know, and people will say, you know, with that whole love yourself, that, you know, and I say to people, it actually takes work to be happy. Does. You know, a lot of people think just because people are happy that, you know, they're lucky. But, yeah. you know, 
you know, there are, like you've mentioned along, there's there's all the strategies and the skills, whether it's mindset, physical, um, meditation, all that stuff, audiobooks, surrounding yourself with the right people, having coaches, all of that comes to support you to be happy. You don't Absolutely. just wake up one day and go, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, there's and, you no know, magic wand. We've all carried a lot of baggage with us over the years where we haven't had those skills. Mm. So, you know, it's it's such a journey. So, you know, to know that you can teach children at a younger age so that they'll still have their own lessons in life but not maybe be more equipped to deal with them than maybe Absolutely. we were in our generation. Yeah, because you, it, it's not it's not right now to say that you're naive because I think in the past we were. Where we've come in understanding the way the mind works in the last 18 months, two years, is so much more than what we've known in the last 18 years. So neuroscience has come a long way and it is backed by science. It's not just the spiritual aspect. It is actually backed by science. People understand how neurons work. People understand the power of what you would what you would you achieve what you believe like understanding your stepping outside your comfort zones under building self-confidence it is all backed by neuroscience which is so to think that you were you didn't know I, like I'd like to bring this to the world so that everybody knows every child knows and nobody can ever plead ignorant it needs to be taught up there with maths and English it really does yes I Totally. Couldn't agree more. I think life skills and learning life and learning to love ourselves and all that is like the most valuable skill you're going to need in life. So on that note, what's next for Sally Galvin? Oh, what's next? Ooh. Oh, my God, there's so much. There's always loads going on <laughs> in our life. <laughs> I um, So I have a book, like I said, coming out, um, Parenting a Mind Fit Kid, and I delve into what a mind fit kid is and I also understand that these are just there's seven tools that I use on a daily basis and so many successful parents if that's a word if that's a word I don't even know if that's a word but or a a correct you know but so many people with children that have grown up to be grounded and resilient and well adjusted reaching their full potential use um, so that is going to be coming out in the next couple of months. Um, and then I have also got a set of books that I am um, publishing as well called Becoming a Mind Fit Kid. And they are stories. It's an illustrated book. It's like a chapter book for six to 12-year-olds for kids to read themselves or for parents to read to children. And they're my stories. Um in story, just in reading stories. So my programs are um, are phenomenal. And then I've got these books that will go with it. And like further on down the track, there's going to be workbooks and it's going to be a program that I'm going to put into schools. Awesome. Mm, that's the Mind Fit Kids. That's my, my goals and my dreams for that. Um, on a 
personal level, what's going on with me? I'm not having any more children. I'm done there with that. I have four children. <laughs> not dropping that one on you. Um, what have we got personally? Well, my biggest goal in life personally is to have amazing human experiences with those people that I love, whether it be, you know, travel isn't in Travel out of the country isn't on the on the spectrum for a little while because travel's something I love to do. But we've um, actually only got a couple of minutes left. Oh, have so, we? Oh, God. Jeez, so where did that hour go? Yeah. Where hmm. can everyone find you? Oh, um, well, my website, Sally Galvin, S-A-L-L-I, that's how you, my name's got an I on it, not a Y, galvin.com.au. That is my website. Um, I have social media, Instagram and Facebook, Sally Galvin. Uh, Jared Mind Fitness is um, .com.au is the, the Mind Fit Kids Academy. You can find it in there. If you go to Sally Galvin, it'll link you through to everything. Yeah. Um, and the equestrian is Jared And they can get all your programs and all your products and your books and everything on those sites. Absolutely. So sure if you just if, you want to know sorry. more. Oh, if you want to know more, it's all on the website, as everybody. Yeah, it's all on the website. So you will get through to my books and my courses and Yay. and follow us on Facebook because there's always fun stuff going on there, Facebook and Instagram. It really keeps you in. Like we give some cool stuff out, uh, some good. Uh, I aim to give, like do more, be more, have more and give more. That is one of my mantras in life. Um, and because, you know, like the Dash, you know, the Dash story, you know, born 1979, died, I'm not too sure, probably about 100, and what I'm going to do in that Dash, I think that that, you know, do more, be more, have more and give more, that's my biggest, most exciting, you know, I want to be spent when I go to, when I fall into my growth. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it, you know, like, and I know you will, like I've known you long enough now to know that whatever you set your mind to, you will do. Um, it's always fabulous chatting to you, Sel. Like, we, you know, it's just been such a journey and I loved, you know, we've known each other a couple of years now. Mm. Um, we've always managed to talk a lot. Yeah, we have. <laughs> we talk underwater, you and I. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, but, you know, it, you're an amazing role model and you know, to, to see you thriving and promoting, you know, because obviously I'm passionate about mental health and awareness and all that, mm. and to see you out there just growing and, and giving all this stuff that people can learn and children can learn to just, you know, that creating a better world, that your dash is already so full and I know just going to get fuller and fuller and fuller. Yeah, thanks, Caroline. Yeah. Thank you. It's um, it is. We you know, like we don't really know where we go after here. Not really. So we might as well do our very best with what we've got. Hey, that's the one. So mm. thank you, Sally. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. And if anyone would like to just catch up with Sally, yeah, visit her website, her social media. And find out more on how you can build mindful, resilient children because they're going to make the world a better place. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to another 60 Minutes of Inspiring Talking Points on Tracy Tully Talks, brought to you by bbsradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Australian Time, AEST, and 5 p.m. PT Time in America. Leave me a message on my website at www.bbsradio.com forward slash Tracy Tully Talks. If you're interested in lifting the profile, presence and profit of your business, sponsorship opportunities are available. Until next Thursday, it's goodbye from me.